Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. This is episode number 527. It's nice to have you here. My name's Robbie, and Sasha's over here with me. We are going to uh, have a lot of fun tonight because we are celebrating kind of, you know, it's the Halloween week special, and we always do a little something, but this time we're doing something a little bit different thanks to the folks over at Stage 9. What we're doing is actually taking a virtual reality tour of the Starship Enterprise from Star Trek The Next Generation. That's NCC 1701D. You want to stick around, we're going to actually take Sasha's gaming rig for a spin the first time it's ever run a game. We're going to be cranking things up with epic mode graphics, and we're going to see how she performs as we tour the Starship Enterprise. That is awesome. And here's what's coming up in the Category 5.TV newsroom. A botnet of unknown intent has been discovered and is spreading at a frightening rate. Google's Project Loon has brought internet and cellular service to hurricane-devastated Puerto Rico. Samsung hopes to succeed where other vendors have failed. They want to bring the full desktop experience, full desktop Linux experience to smartphones. And do you have Ultima Player or Volux on your Mac? You may need to wipe everything and reinstall Mac OS because a nasty bit of malware came with the popular software and is giving hackers full access to absolutely everything, including your iCloud account. Stick around. The full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in every week on Roku, Kodi, and other HLS video players. For the local showtimes, visit Category5.tv. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters, cat5.tv slash IAIB. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is Category 5 Technology TV. So nice to see you. And first of all, I want to say hello to everyone who's new here this week. Of course, we are kind of in Halloween mode, being that it's Halloween week. So That's right. uh, welcome to the, uh, to the holodeck. Uh, we're going to get into that in just a couple of minutes' time. Uh, nice to have you joining us. Uh, we had a discussion a couple of weeks ago about Star Trek. It was actually yes. Star Trek Discovery versus the Orville. And we keep coming back to this because it's been a hot topic on YouTube. Of course. Oh, boy. A lot of angry uh, Trekkies out there, I'll tell you what. Uh, but one particular comment really stood out to me. Do you see that one there, Sasha? Yes, from Razzy1312. That's the one. Yes. Simply put, imagine if the characters in Orville and Discovery were substituted with the characters from any of the Star Trek series. Which one fits more? Mm. See. So when you're thinking, hey, is Discovery like Star Trek? It, it's pretty neat. You think about Captain Picard on the Orville, it just works. Mm -hmm. On the Discovery, not so much. What are your thoughts? Get on to our YouTube channel, linuxtechshow.com. That's going to actually reroute you to the channel, and you're going to be able to find that just by clicking on videos, and you can get your two cents in. Our Season 10 uh, BitTorrent file is up. It's so yeah, it's completely all loaded now, so you can oh, watch yeah. it. 100% right through. It's huge. It's like a, 102 gigabytes right. of Category 5 TV with 
behind the, behind the scenes and uh, extras and things like that. So uh, head on over to torrent.category5.tv. It is a legal way, not an illegal, but a legal way to download the entire season of Category 5 Technology TV absolutely free. We provide that to you uh, as one of the ways that you can, uh, that you can catch the show. Keeping all right? Yes. Ready to do this? I am. I want to take a tour of the Starship Enterprise. I've been looking forward to this since I was just a wee lad. <laughs> Here Seriously. we go. I said it before. I grew up on NCC 1701D, and uh, I can't wait for the opportunity to walk through and actually get a look at the, uh, at the Enterprise. This is so exciting. Are you excited? Stick around. We're going to be right back. Whether you shop on ThinkGeek, GearBest, B&H Photo Video, eBay, or Amazon, or even if you want a free trial of Audible, you'll find the best deals and support the shows we produce by simply visiting the shopping sites you already frequent by using the links on our website. Visit category5.tv slash partners for the full and ever-growing list and help us create more free content like this show. Thank you for shopping with our partners, and thank you for watching. Welcome back to Category 5 Technology TV. It's great to have you here on the Starship Enterprise. Here we are in the holodeck, as you can see. Uh, and it is time for Part 10 of Sasha Builds a Gaming PC. Yay! And Which... today... Oh, this is it. This is it. This is the main unveiling. Well, we are actually going to game. Yes. Stage-9.co.uk. Check it out. These folks are working really, really hard to recreate the Starship Enterprise NCC-1701D from the next generation. Now, so much effort has gone into this. Uh, it's mm -hmm. using Unreal Engine 4, and it's literally a tour of the Starship Enterprise. Now, we're using tonight, uh, we're on Linux, and we're using a pre-alpha release. So that means it's not oh. even alpha yet. It's not even uh, ready for prime time. There, we're probably going to encounter some glitches. We're probably going to encounter weird things that are going to be fixed. Uh, but it is, it's so nice that they're releasing versions that we can give a try to. Um, first of all, it works on Linux, Mac, and Windows. Cool. If you're a Linux fan like us, please get on over to uh, stage-9.co.uk. Make sure you reach out to Rob there and let them know that you are a big supporter of Stage 9 on Linux because we really want to see them uh, always bringing out versions for Linux. I know they're going to do it, uh, but uh, they need to know, of course, that there is a Linux uh, gaming community as well, and we want to see how this goes. So it's, it's a game mm -hmm. that we're going to run on the gaming computer. Right. But it's not quite a game yet. Like, we're not interacting with people. We're touring the Starship Enterprise. This is awesome. You folks ready? Get into the chat room. Category 5 on Freenode. Let us know where you'd like us to go. Uh, now, this is what they endeavor to do is e eventually this is going to be, Stage 9 is going to be a full uh, tour of the Enterprise that you can walk through that is true to the blueprints, that is true to uh, attention to detail um, based on episodes of the show. So when you really? walk into rooms, you know, decor is what you would expect it to be. So this is a really, really exciting project, folks. And before we get into it, we do need to say that it is a fan project. It's provided absolutely free. It's not endorsed by CBS, Viacom, or uh, Paramount, and all of the trademarks to do with Star Trek are, of course, uh, 
property of the copyright holders. Um, so this and the project itself are provided absolutely free, and uh, both the project stage nine and this broadcast are fan productions that are provided uh, with no monetary compensation. Okay, ready? Yes. Let's spin the camera around and hop into the holodeck. So here oh. we are. Are you ready to take the tour? Yeah. Chat room? Tell us where you want us to go. Uh, first of all, we're going to head on up to the main bridge. Let's see if we can find our way here. Now, of course, we're walking down a corridor on NCC 1701D. Senior Wences wants us to go to Rand's Quarters. Rand's Quarters? Yeah. Let's see if it's an option. Now, here is... Now we're in a turbo lift. And the way okay. that it is working at this point is they've got... Uh, destinations set up on kind of a computer type screen because it needs to make sense for us to be able to find where we're going. So up on deck one, uh, we've got the main bridge. Let's head on up there. We want to see all the detail that's gone into that. And off we go. We're there. <laughs> oh. Anyone else feel that? This is like my boyho boyhood fantasies right here. What does that tell you about me? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get a, a little bit of a walk around. Looking out here. Oh, oh, we've got some destruction out there. What have we got? Look at that, folks. Just beautiful attention to detail. This is incredible. All right, I'm going to show you, before we really get into kind of gameplay and um, touring the Enterprise, let's look at some of the options that we have here. So, um, first of all, we're on the gaming rig that has been built um, on, on the course of um, 10 episodes. Um, so let's look at um, low quality setting. So this is low... Oh, pardon me, I didn't hit OK. That is not a weakness. There we go. So that's our low quality setting, which is still pretty fantastic. But if you've got a poor fr frame rate, you might uh, you might need that. Now, of course, Sasha, this is the gaming rig that you've built. We're gonna try Epic. Able to correct the system failure. must say goodbye now. We're also going at full 1920 by 1080 resolution. We've got everything just cranked absolutely full. I've turned down the motion blur just a little bit because I didn't want you to get dizzy, and I've turned up the gamma just for the sake of your TVs because it makes it a little easier to see things like the stars. So now that I've done that, now, of course, there are some other things. I can turn on NPCs, so if you want to see some, um, some folks on the bridge and throughout the Enterprise, you can actually turn them on. They are not presently interactive, but they are kind of cool, uh, but they can sometimes get in the way. So we're going to turn those guys off. And let's restart and take this right to what you're going to see when you first connect to Stage 9. Here we are in the turbo lift outside of the main bridge. And you'll see that when you restart, it actually resets a couple of the settings. I'm going to turn off NPCs, and we're going to turn on animated L-Cars, which apparently has a performance hit because of the way that it's done right now. Uh, but it performs well on your system, Sash. Very cool. All right, so let's head on over here. We're going to see what, uh, what was out there originally before I did a little bit of playing before the show. Look at that. That's, That's Deep Space Nine, folks. 
So we know where we are. That must be Bajor. That's what I was going to say. Where's the wormhole? Okay, so let's head up up here. <laughs> so you get some of the interactivity um, that you would from a game. We can... Oh, dear. Do I do it? Do it. Do I? Do it. No! should never happen. Who was the Joker who made it so that the only thing you can blow up is DS9? Come on. Should have been a Ferengi cruiser out there or something. Romulans. <laughs> Alright, let's take a tour, folks. The captain's ready room. Here you go. Look at that. So you're watching Category 5 Technology TV, and tonight we are actually taking a tour of NCC 1701D. This is the Enterprise from Star Trek The Next Generation, and it is powered by Stage 9, and you can get it. It's a free download at stage-9.co.uk. There's the captain's fish. Cool. Not yet animated, it looks like, but cool. Again, great attention to detail. Looks just like the show. Did such an incredible job on this. Amazing. Wow. Alright, folks, let's see where the turbo lift can take us. Alright, so we've got deck two is the starboard bow with data's quarters, wharf's quarters, cargo elevator, escape pods, and a crew lounge. We've got deck six midship is the transporter rooms, the science lab. Deck seven is the stern with the arboretum. Deck eight is the battle bridge. Then we've got Stellar Cartography on Deck 9, Captain Picard's Quarters on Deck 8, the Computer Core, look at all these, eh? The sick sick bay, bay, Shuttle Bay 2, and the Brig, the Nacelle, store, uh, Nacelle Control, which is the warp engine uh, control, going to give us some a view there, Main Engineering, 10 Forward, and Holodecks. We've already been to the holodecks. You know what? I would love to see main engineering. That's somewhere that, you know, Jordy and Data spent a lot of time uh, and just love main engineering. So let's see what we can find here. Now, you'll see these force fields throughout Stage 9, and that simply means that they haven't completed that area yet, so you can't go there, which is cool. Nice way to, to do it, and the corridors just look absolutely incredible. Geology lab... And here we are, ladies and gentlemen, main engineering of the Starship Enterprise. Stunning. Wow. You can hear it. It's incredible. Anyone else got goosebumps? It's rare that we get a chance to do this kind of thing on Category 5 Technology TV. But being our Halloween special, hey, it felt right. There's another turbo lift over here. Now, when a door doesn't open, it means that it's not part of the network or it hasn't been completed yet. So you find the doors that have been completed. And eventually, this project is going to have an entire representation of the Starship Enterprise. Where would you like to go? Let's go to the sick bay. All right, let's check it out. On deck 12. There we go. How much of your day today did you spend touring around? 
Me? Yes. I was more like plugging in cables and making sure things were going to work. <laughs> okay, so it looks like the only way we can go is forward. All right. Now this, again, is true to the blueprints of the Enterprise. So if you really focused on episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation, you're really going to have a sense that, wow, they've, t they've turned the, the set into an actual interactive environment. Just amazing. So here we are in sickbay, folks. Uh, let's head on over to Beverly's office. Here we are. think we can sit down if we right-click. Ah, yes. There we go. No way. Unreal. Engine 4. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, can't go down there. Here we go. I feel like I'm going to have the weirdest dreams tonight. The best dreams. <laughs> Where to next? Let's check out. Now, I'm very interested in the Arboretum and Stellar Cartography. Okay. Um, let's head on over to the Arboretum, which would be kind of like a, a garden on the ship, which would be pretty cool. Nice place to go read a book or something. We are beautiful artificial sunlight. <laughs> now I'm looking at this and I'm wondering what kind of settings we're currently I am unable to correct the system. Oh, you. you weren't in Epic. Oh my goodness. Folks, if you thought it was incredible before. <gasps> now it's epic. Now it is truly epic. Wow. Holy cow, I want to, like, go back and start over. This is just gorgeous. I, th I was like, that's beautiful anyways, but look at that. Oh, wow. It's very... But one of the things that they do need to implement is, like, saving of settings, I think, would be uh, quite helpful. Let's, you know what, can I head back to um, main engineering just to see what that looks like in oh, certainly. epic yeah. mode? Because that's kind of a big deal. You'll learn your way around. Okay, now we've got... Oh, was that a lens flare? <laughs> wow. Sasha, I thought this was impressive a few moments ago when we were here. Now look at this. So if you've got the horsepower, folks, we've got lighting effects and blooms and things like that. See that? Just awesome. Alright, let's, uh, let's take the tour. Keep going. Make sure you're in the chat room. Sasha and I are watching as best we can to see uh, where you'd like us to go, what, uh, what you'd like us to do next. Let's go over to Stellar Cartography and mm -hmm. uh, see what things look like over there. I'm just mesmerized by this. It's incredible. 
I feel like I've been here. Like it's a deja vu feeling having watched so many episodes of Star Trek The Next Generation. So it kind of feels like this is like living the 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 fantasy or the dream of what Star Trek has created. So we've got to find the right door because only the doors that are in active rooms are going to actually let us in. <laughs> oh. Yeah. oh. Oh. Wow. Don't fall off. Yeah. This looks like from Generations. Cool. That looks like a, a bit of a work in progress. Absolutely beautiful, though. Look at the textures there. Just looks awesome. All right, now, where's the turbo lift? <laughs> there is an emergency transport feature, so if you get lost, you can actually use emergency transport. Or if you get outside and you know of the Enterprise and you can't find your way back in um, through a glitch or through jumping out a shuttle bay door, something like that. <laughs> Speaking of shuttle bay... Do we want to check it out? Yes, let's. And we're off. See how the door opened but didn't open? Oh, that's, yeah. That's like one of those kind of pre-alpha glitches. So you just back up and go, go back again. Oh, a brig. Nice. I don't know if you can lower the force field or not. I don't know how interactive things are just yet. It's more just for the tour of it than anything. Awesome. Okay. That looks like a shuttle bay to me. No way. Cool. Oh, oh you can knock the buckets over. yeah. Get out of my way, bin of nuclear waste. Whatever it is. Okay, let's see what we can do. Open the shuttle bay door. Shuttle bay force field activated. Nice. Good thing those force field generators are there. <laughs> wow. Now I'm wishing I didn't blow up DS9 because we could go and explore it. Oh, sorry. Bad advice. <laughs> Bad advice. <laughs> just blow it up. Just I'm going to shoot it. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's see if we can actually operate a shuttlecraft. How do we open it? Can you open it? Must be a way. Hmm. I'm right-clicking and left-clicking on the pad. Hoping that that'll do it. Oh! Oh, something! Oh. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah you did it. Sweet. I think once the NPC uh, model is part of my person, it might be a little bit easier to 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 see things like where my hand is actually pointed, because I'm mm -hmm. kind of just aiming into space and hoping that I'm clicking on the right spot. There we go. 
All right. Let's take it for a drive. Oh. Okay. How do we maneuver? W's not going. Oh, there it is. Okay, W after I pressed space. It is controlled by the mouse itself. Let's see if we can get a view of Enterprise. Oh, I've got like a rear view mirror kind of thing going on there at the bottom left. That's cool. There it is. Very cool. Are we still in epic mode? I am unable to correct oh, the yeah. system failure. You must say goodbye now. Just want to be absolutely sure. There it is, folks. The Starship Enterprise as per stage nine. So we're taking off from a shuttle bay in a shuttle, and, and it's true to where the shuttle bay would be located. There's the bridge up at the top there. Nice. Get on over to stage-9.co.uk if you'd like to check it out. And let's see if we can find the shuttle bay entrance again. There it is. Can I dock it? <laughs> Coming in a little fast there, Lieutenant Robbie. Good job. Thanks. Thanks. Butte. Oh, okay. Now, how do I... Oh, there we go. Right-click to stand up. Can you open the door? No, we're stuck in here forever. Forever? <laughs> <laughs> you can always just press restart if you're stuck. And it can sometimes happen. Or you can try the emergency transporter, which is in-game, in your game menu, which is accessed by um, the escape key. The emergency transporter is there. However, sometimes... Oh, it worked beautifully. Look at that. Sometimes the emergency transporter will take you and place you somewhere you don't want to be, in a corridor where there's no escape, things like that. And we've got time for one more location. So, chat room, tell Sasha where you'd like us to go. Let's see here. Doo, doo, doo. Let's go to... 10 forward is a 10 good forward. Is that what's being said? Yes. No. Lyndon, 10 forward. All right, Lyndon, here we go. That looks like an entrance to 10 forward. If I ever did see one. Oh. No, no way. This is the bar. This would be actually be a really cool bar. I'll tell you. 10 forward is a really cool bar. Let's see if I can. So we're in 10 forward. We've got to pull a, uh, a Riker. Nice. <laughs> Pulling a Riker. <laughs> <laughs> There you have it, folks. It's stage nine 
from stage-9.co.uk. Check it out. It's a free download. Super, super cool. Sasha, you need to tell me of all the places on NCC 1701D, where would you like to do the news from? Oh, can I go to the Arboretum? Arboretum? Arboretum. We'll take you there. Awesome. We'll be right back after this. Jeff Weston. Yeah, man. You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? Oh, you're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. All right. yeah, I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? Just because Jeff is confused doesn't mean you have to be. Visit cat5.tv slash dreamhost to sign up for unlimited web hosting for your website with unlimited email accounts, MySQL databases, the latest version of PHP, WordPress, and more, and even a free domain name registration. It's less than $6 per month, so sign up today. cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV, and we are looking for the Arboretum on the Starship Enterprise. This is Stage 9, and you can find it at stage-9.co.uk. It's a free download if you want to check it out, if you want to take a tour for yourself of the Enterprise. In the meantime, there's our shot. We're going to beam in Sasha Rickman. And there you are, through the magic of TV. We are in the newsroom. <laughs> in the news arboretum. That's right. This is where I want to be every week now. Mm. All right. Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category 5.tv newsroom. A botnet of unknown intent has been discovered and is spreading at a frightening rate. Google's Project Loon has brought internet and cellular service to hurricane-devastated Puerto Rico. Samsung hopes to succeed where other vendors have failed. They want to bring the full desktop Linux experience to smartphones. And do you have Ultima Player or Folex on your Mac? You might need to wipe everything and reinstall Mac OS because of a nasty bit of malware that came with their popular software and is giving hackers full access to absolutely everything, including your iCloud account. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. You've got mad skills, now hone them. Learn new skills or improve your existing ones with online video tutorials and training from lynda.com through our special link at cat5.tv slash lynda. Learn software, technology, creative and business skills you can use today to help you achieve your professional goals. Join today and start learning. We'll give you this chance to try it absolutely free with unlimited access to all of the courses. Sign up now for free, cat5.tv slash linda. This is the Category5.tv newsroom, covering the week's top tech stories with a slight Linux bias. I'm Sasha Rickman, and here are the top stories we're following this week. As we speak, miscreants are assembling a massive army of hacked Internet of Things devices, and at a much faster rate than previous botnets. 
This new cyber militia of compromised gadgets, dubbed IoT underscore Reaper, or Reaper by experts at Kihu 360 NetLab, can be instructed by its masters to attack websites and kick services offline. The botnet's foot soldiers, mainly press-ganged internet-connected cameras, home routers, and similar gear, are located in more than a million organizations globally, claimed security biz checkpoint on Thursday. At first, it was assumed the malware the malware that was infected gizmo that infected gizmos to form this latest army was a variant of the Mirai botnet that took over hundreds of thousands of internet connected equipment in 2016. Mm. However, security researchers now think it's actually another family of malicious software. There's no word yet on what exactly the botnet will be used for either. The Reaper malware is spreading globally by exploiting various vulnerabilities in embedded devices such as CVE-2017-8225 to steal and use the user and use the usernames and passwords of the gadget's web-based control panels ultimately to commandeer them. For example, one of the botnet's drones, a hacked camera running a go-ahead embedded web server on TCP port 81, had a system .ini file that had changed to include a netcat command that opened a reverse shell, a backdoor in other words. This gave the Reaper masters the command line to the device. Once the botnet's malware was on the computer, it then attempted to infect other equipment on the internet. Any subsequently hacked device would also cruise up and down the information superhighway in search of a more, of more vulnerable gizmos to hijack. Right now, check to make sure you're not exposing a vulnerable device to the internet. Apply patches if you can, look out for suspicious behavior on your network, and take a gadget offline if it's infected. Wow. Okay. So my thought is, okay, what's the end game in this? Is this like leading to something where everything will be in line and then we'll see a major attack once everything is kind of... Are you asking me to create a conspiracy theory? <laughs> <laughs> right, or like, or is it just like an experiment where like perhaps sure. it's very benign? No. Maybe it's just like, let's no. see what we can do. We've <laughs> spoken on the show previously about um, malicious software as a form of warfare. Mm -hmm. And we tend to... We tend to um, not quite grasp that right. because warfare to us is war. Right. So to think that there would be cyber warfare, it's it's really really hard to get our head heads around. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about an infection of this scale, so right. these are these are internet connected devices, so home routers and cameras and things like that that have internet connectivity. Um, apps and devices. I feel like everything things. now has internet. Yeah. You know, it like it really does. Yeah. The internet so if, if the devices are exploited, now you've got thousands, potentially millions of devices that create, you've heard the term botnet. Okay? Mm -hmm. So let's, you know, when we hear botnet, we think, okay, well, it's some kind of virus or some kind of malware. Well, it's not exactly like that. Uh, think about a supercomputer. Right. So what is a supercomputer? It's basically thousands of individual computers connected together and created to be one supercomputer. So they ha there's the power of thousands of other computers all connected together mm -hmm. to give the power of one supercomputer. 
Okay. okay. So with the Internet of Things being compromised in this particular manner, now all of these modems and all of these cameras and all of these devices that are Internet connected, we've heard about uh, in the news previously, even pop machines mm-hmm. at colleges are Internet connected so that they can update things and change things right. remotely, and they were compromised as well uh, in, a, in a different attack. So now they become part of the botnet, part of the supercomputer. So why does a malicious person or group of people create a supercomputer? It's to be able to process astronomical amounts of data at unfathomable rates. Right. So in legitimate business, that's done by creating supercomputers, creating um, um, in-house botnets, um, in in a manner of speaking, Mm -hmm. like creating legitimate supercomputers. Right. That's what Google has, that's what Amazon has, that's what Facebook has. They've got supercomputers. Um, so this is not a legitimate means of doing it. This is a malicious way of somebody who knows who creating a supercomputer. Is it to find a cure for cancer? Probably not. It's not like a college experiment, perhaps? Not likely. Oh. I mean... It could be, but that particular college student, when they hand in their thesis, is going to jail. (laughs) So it's not a wise thing. We've heard of stories like that where someone thinks they're going to figure out something in security and they end up going to jail. So that's that. That is pretty unlikely. So the only way to protect yourself is to take your devices offline and keep them offline. Not necessarily. Now, these particular kinds of exploits happen because of um, backdoors in the systems, in particular things like um, leaving the password default. Like 1111? Like every password is? Well, when your internet service provider shows up and installs your internet at your new house, Mm -hmm. they give you a modem and they say, here's the password for the Wi-Fi. And you put it in your phone, now you've got internet and it works. So you're happy. But what you're not realizing is that that device, you're using the default password. Mm-hmm. The service provider has that password. Other people have that password. And that password is quite easily compromised as well. So that's one particular instance of a device that has a default password. Now, you think about the Internet of Things. You've got a toaster that is Internet connected for some crazy reason. Right. Because this exists. It, you've got yes. fridges. A fridge makes sense. I mean, you can put your shopping list on the fridge and, you can, and it's Internet connected. My toothbrush talks to my phone. There you go. Yeah. So these internet-connected devices, do you ever think to change the password on your fridge thinking someone's going to compromise it? Right. We don't really clue into that until Mm -hmm. now somebody through the internet has gotten in through the default passwords and things like that. Right. Sometimes changes the password so you no longer have access. And then you're, you're part of this botnet, which is quite potentially to be used for cyber warfare, which is a bad thing. Wow. Yeah. Thank so you. change your passwords. Change your passwords. Always change your passwords. And if you, if you think you've been compromised, you may have to wipe the device and start over with a fresh firmware. Uh, that's, that's just the nature of it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Thank you. All right. Mobile phone data services have been boosted in blacked out areas of hurricane hit Puerto Rico by balloons that were provided by Google's parent company, Alphabet.
Project Loon devices beam signals between each other and to users on the ground. This extends communication networks in places where infrastructure is scarce or has been damaged. The balloons will allow residents with LTE phones to send and receive text messages and access the web. However, much of the country is still without electricity and more than a quarter of the population lacks safe drinking water. Alistair Westgarth, head of Project Loon, said this is the first time we've used our new machine learning powered algorithms to keep balloons clustered over Puerto Rico. So we're still learning how to best do this. As we get more familiar with the constantly shifting winds in this region, we hope to keep the balloons over areas where connectivity is needed for as long as possible. So these balloons are powered by AI, right? Uh, in a manner of speaking, yeah. So um, you think about a hot air balloon, it can only go up or down, but right. you go up or down in order to control its horizontal movement as well because you can follow wind drifts and things like that. So um, by monitoring the airflow, by monitoring conditions, the uh, artificial intelligence, if you will, it's machine learning is essentially what it is. Okay. So it's, it's pretty simple as far as the algorithms themselves go, but it learns from its own mistakes. Mm -hmm. So if it goes up when it should have gone down, it's going to go, oh, maybe next time I'll go down when I think I should go up. And, and so it learns and it evolves and it becomes smarter in a, a great way of you know in a manner oh, of speaking okay. it's pretty cool stuff so to have stayed over um now their first test flight uh, at alphabet uh, or x was uh, a little while ago um and stayed up um for three months a little over three months oh, wow without man controlling it like right without a person controlling it so it's pretty cool Nice. Now, what's what does the LTE mean? Like, if your phone didn't have LTE, or uh, it's just the grade of the service that you have. Okay. So, like so fast, fast internet is right. LTE on your phone. Okay. So, so if you if you have anything less, than, so basically, in in a in a war torn place or in a uh, devastated by hurricane place like uh, Puerto, Puerto Rico, um, you'd be looking at high speed internet mm -hmm. on your phone. Like we're talking twenty five megabits per second on your phone in a place like that, provided by a balloon. That's perfect, and yeah. you can let people know where you are and that you're safe. Very exactly. cool. Um, my wife made an interesting point, if I may, because yeah. I always thought, oh, well, that's great. They can let people overseas know if they've got family and stuff. And Becca made the comment that I, I it never really clicked for me, but they can now communicate with one another mm -hmm. as well. The infrastructure's there now to communicate uh, with people in the same town. and and be able right. to reach out and say, you know, how you doing or, you know, do you need me to bring you anything or exactly. whatever else. I mean, phones are the main way to communicate, so. Well, and you've got, now you've got email, texting, mm -hmm. phone, everything on LTE. Very cool. Speaking of phones, Samsung wants to bring the full power of desktop Linux to its smartphones. Nice. Yeah. The mobile giant announced this week that the Linux on Galaxy project will give smartphones the capability to run Linux-based distributions on mobile devices. So if you dream of using the smartphone in your pocket as a desktop Linux PC, you'll be pleased to know that Samsung clearly shares the same dream. Linux on Galaxy will, based on the information currently available, be distributed as an app. It will be able to run multiple operating systems, likely including Ubuntu. Linux distros run on the exact same Linux kernel that Android uses, and with no virtualization or emulation involved, performance theoretically should be excellent. But the true power will be unlocked when used with the Samsung 
desk, desktop dock accessory. This allows compatible phones to connect to an external display, a mouse and keyboard, and other peripherals. The Samsung Galaxy S8 phone already allows users to use Android apps with a larger screen with a desktop-style Android UI when docked, docked with the DEX. But while Android is is great as a smartphone and tablet OS, it's not so hot as a desktop one. Samsung, Samsung says its users want the convenience of their mobile devices but also sometimes need the tried and true desktop computing environment, especially when it comes to interacting with productivity tools and entertainment contents that are best viewed on a larger monitor. Linux on Galaxy is still in the early stages of development. There's no word on which devices the initiative plans to support, so I wouldn't suggest rushing out to buy something Samsung branded just yet. Motorola, Microsoft, and Canonical all tried and failed to bring convergence to the masses. Can the smartphone giant Samsung succeed where others have failed? Let us know what you think in the comments. Wow. Now, why has convergence failed? If it's failed with all of the other platforms, why would Samsung go ahead right. and pick it up? Yeah, why would they start making something that has already failed by everyone else? So, uh, you know, I don't have an exact answer to that. I can speculate a little bit. Mm -hmm. You think about um, iPhones. Right. And, and you think about Android mm -hmm. and Google. And these are all familiar household names. Mm -hmm. Okay. There's a couple of different things about them. First of all, they've got an app store that is filled chock full of stuff. Right. So you're not going to just switch phone providers to switch phone OSs to a phone that doesn't have all the apps that you usually use. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't make any sense to you. Uh, I know with me, when I got BlackBerry, it didn't make any sense because they had disconnected the Facebook app, there was no Skype, it just it was useless to me. Right. So, um, so that's kind of the same kind of scenario I would expect. The App Store would be a big thing, but also uh, iPhone, Android, Google, Samsung, LG. These are all names that when you hear them, you think, they're good phones. Right. I know these names. Even if you don't really know these names, you know these names. So if Ubuntu Canonical comes out with Ubuntu Phone and it's some obscure manufacturer that nobody has ever heard of, right? we're not really going to jump on the bandwagon. And it's, so, it's such a shame because they may be fantastic phones. Who knows? But they need the name. They need yeah. the name. Samsung, on the other hand, is one of those names that may be able to pull this off just based on their name alone. Right. And it may be enough to dig them out of the dirt. Yeah, they've had a rough time mm -hmm. of late. So this would be a really good way for them to get a good... They can do it without blowing up your docking station. <laughs> That'd be great. So th to be clear, like imagine just quickly, because we're, we're running low on time, take your phone, plug it into the monitor now, your monitor lights up with the phone display and you've got your keyboard and mouse and it becomes a computer. But it's got Linux on it, so it's not a phone OS, so you're not feeling like, you know, the, the ones, you know, where you've got to swipe like a tablet connected to a, a screen. It just doesn't make any sense. It, yeah. It turns into a desktop operating system. Sort of reminds me of like the Nintendo Switch I ideology. A little bit. It's right? Where it, it switches to the big screen and then it's... one device to another. Yeah. yeah. Seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Wow.
All right, so it's going to be an unpleasant week for some Mac users who are facing a complete system wipe and reinstall after hackers stashed malware in legitimate applications. Altim uh, uh, Software, which makes the popular El Media Player and Download Manager, has confessed the latest version of these two apps came with an unwelcome extra, the rather hor horrid OSX.Proton malware. The botnet, which was injected into downloads of the applications, was spotted by security shop ESET, which alerted El Media. A subsequent investigation revealed miscreants had got into the developer's servers, implanted the malware into the download files, and then let the company infect its users as they fetched the software. Proton is a remote control Trojan designed specifically for Mac systems. It opens a backdoor granting root level command line access to commandeer the computer and can steal passwords, encryption, and VPN keys, as well as cryptocurrencies from infected systems. Oh. That's Bitcoin. It can even gain access to victims' iCloud account regardless of whether two-factor authentication is used or not. ESET warns that a total system OS reinstall is the only guaranteed way to totally rid your system of this malware. Wow. So how would you know if you've been infected? That's a good question. Now, there is a lot of information out there for Mac users. Um, so, you know... Um, there are particular files that this Trojan leaves behind on your hard drive, so it makes it fairly obvious that you're infected by finding these files. Okay. Off the top of my head, I don't know what those files are, but you'll find those um, if you go to any security bulletin about this. Uh, Malwarebytes is a fantastic source, and in fact, Malwarebytes for Mac will not only detect, but remove residual um, residue of this Trojan. Okay. Now, I think he said is right, though, that because this thing has root-level access, that mm -hmm. means it is the super user on your Mac. Even malware bytes can't guarantee that it has removed everything that's happened because it's a backdoor. So the hackers may have already remoted into your computer and done other things that malware bytes would have no way to know whether or not it, uh, they did those. So you would be best just to assume that you're infected? No. No. Uh, find out if you are by um, checking for those files or okay. the easy peasy way is install malware bytes for Mac and run a scan. If, oh, it okay. if it detects the, uh, the, the malware, then we know that, hey, we've got to probably, just to be safe, mm -hmm. you, you can remove it, but because of the nature of this one, you have no way to know whether or not they've put other things in there. Right. That's the tough thing here. So that's why ESET says a system wipe is the only way to know that you are clean from this one after <sighs> you've been infected. That's, that's brutal. That is horrible. And Mac users tend to think that they're safe. Of course they do, yes. Yeah. Oh, well, big thanks this week to Roy W. Nash and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us. Thanks for watching the Category5.tv newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Rickman. Thanks, Sasha. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Let's beam back to the uh, the holodeck there. All right. Boom. Just like that. Awesome. Here we are. Wasn't that fun? That was amazing. Your gaming computer, even in epic mode, is sick, as the kiddos say. I love it. Ah. Oh, so I'm going to pack this thing up and take it home with me now? Nope. This what? one is for Dave. 
So, Dave, like, you are. He's in the audience. Awesome. Yes, Dave is right behind the camera. <laughs> Thank you so much. This is both a wedding gift and a birthday gift, and it's not just for me, but it's from all of Category Five. So we've oh, this had. Is from her. It's from all of Category 5. So we've had all of the viewers from everywhere just helping pick the parts of the computer. Robbie guiding me through building it. We've had countless... I was like, don't do that! Ah! No, don't put it there! No! Now, ah. now that this is over, you can watch the entire series. <laughs> you can like us on Facebook again, Dave. Yeah. It's... Um, so it's a sweet gaming rig. Let's go over a little bit of the hardware here just so you know what you're getting. Uh, the CPU is a 7th gen Intel Core desktop i7-7700K. It's overclocked. It's 4.5 gigahertz. It is sweet. Uh, the motherboard is an Asus Republic of Gamer Maximus uh, 8. Uh, that's the Hero, and it is also sweet. It's a gaming motherboard. Um, the cooling system is uh, like a thermal take uh, contact silent 12 nice and quiet the ram this is beautiful kingston hyper x fury gaming ram not only that but 32 gigabytes of it the system can take up to 64 but we put 32 in there so it'd be dual channel it'd be as fast as can be and it gives you the chance that if you ever need more than that which i know you're never going to need you can go that route uh we've got an m.2 solid state drive which is a chip on the motherboard that sasha installed it's got the operating system which is linux uh game i can never get it game <laughs> uh, something it's yeah. gaming os of linux it's awesome it's very cool it's based on ubuntu and it works great so that is a kingston uh a kingston digital 240 gig SSD now M.2 6 gigabits per second sweet little thing uh, and that's got your OS but we knew that you'd have like family photos videos things like that that you're going to need to be able to store on here and an M.2 at 240 gigs is going to fill up pretty quick so we stuck a terabyte Kingston drive in there as well it's an SSD uh, it's the HyperX Savage so that means it's super fast it's ready for gaming it is screaming for you uh, the GPU this is a killer unit that's the graphics processing unit it's right. VR ready it's got several HDMI as well as DisplayPort VR output and a uh, DVI so it's ready for headsets if you ever want to get into VR gaming things like that in the meantime it'll hook up to your big TV as well uh, that's the GTX 1070 overclocked edition and uh, that's ready for 4k right out of the box um, then we've got the power supply is a dreamy Corsair RMX 850X. It's an 850 watt power supply, fully modular, so the cables are nice and hidden. You don't have, you don't see any extra cables there. The chassis is this beautiful Thermaltake Versa C22 Black Edition. The lights up. You can change the colors, whatever you want to do. Uh, then keyboard and mouse. We've got a wireless gaming keyboard and mouse. That's pretty sweet. Um, then we've got. Um, that's it. That's, That's the gaming it. rig. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't need to mention Arctic Silver. That's right. kind of boring stuff. Was that the little paste stuff? Yeah. 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 And we glued a thing on a thing. So the one <laughs> final thing, um, we need to know what you're going to plug this into when you take it home. So, like, do you have a power bar or something like that? Yes. Yeah. Right. It's um, it's like a surge protector power surge bar protector, thing. Like, like power a, bar thing. Like in a, other words, when you bought it, you didn't really know what you were looking for. It just had enough outlets to plug your TV in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's why Category 5 and viewers of Category 5 have come together to get you a CyberPower CP1000 AVR um, UPS. So this is a battery backup that you can hook up your new computer to. It also, you can plug your uh, TV into it as well. 
this has five battery backup ports and nine surge protected ports. It's guaranteed that it will protect your data, uh, your, fi uh, your hardware, I should say, from lightning and surge protection. Um, and it's got the LCD, it's got auto shutdown software, all the, the works. And I, I got you one that was nice and small. Even though it's a thousand volt amps, it's small so it can fit behind your TV cabinet and things like that. So oh folks, my, your donations, your you. contributions to uh, their kind of wedding gift fund for this project um, also went toward this. So that's the uh, thousand volt amp cyber power UPS with AVR. So that's automated voltage regulations. So that means if the power browns out, it will also protect you. <gasps> nice. It'll keep things going. You can still watch TV when the power's out, Dave. Yay! Nice! <laughs> I want to absolutely personally thank each and every one of you for your kind words, your support, your advice, your donations, your time. Thank you. It was fun. So much. It was a blast. It was a scary blast, but it was a blast. <laughs> <laughs> and wow. Sasha built this thing with her own hands. So just so you know, and you can watch the video to see that. Okay. If you haven't seen the series yet and you're wondering what are we on about, this sweet gaming rig that we played on tonight is a beautiful gaming computer. Sasha built it. It's her first computer build. And I just kind of oversaw things to help make sure that things went in correctly and the right way around and stuff like that. Um, you can find out more about it. You can see the entire series and uh, find our shopping list at cat5.tv slash cpu2017. It's all there, folks. So I hope you enjoy the gaming rig. Have fun. Hope you enjoy the show, folks, and we'll see you next Wednesday night. Take care.